very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. We're looking indeed at uh, getting political reaction as uh, two Galway ministers, Jed Offer St. Patrick's Day. We're looking at that on today's programme and where the other ministers are going. We're also speaking to a mum and a son, and it's a sad story, so it is, where the son, at 20 years of age and a wheelchair user, is locked in his own house because of inaction. Also today, we're looking at no more petrol cars come 2035. Good luck with that one. And we're going to Woodford, where one family have six businesses in a short space of time running from their business. That and more with you now on 12 midday. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Welcome into to today's programme. We are with you right through until 12 midday. And thanks to John for a wonderful job yesterday uh, on the programme. So I'm with you today and tomorrow and John will be back next week. So we'll, uh, we're a work in progress. Well, I am. And uh, he's covering well. And thanks to him for that. Now, then, let us go to Gabby Gattavascate, indeed, who's the political reporter with the Irish Independent. Uh, I was reading the Irish Independent, so I was yesterday in relation to who's going where. Now, it's our national holiday on St. Patrick's Day, and we know the marketing that we get and the doors that are opened are very important. But Gabby joins me on the line today. Gabby, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Do you get to go anywhere with them to follow them politically, or are you being left at home, Gabby? Well, this year, unfortunately, I'm not going anywhere. I did get what really is the junket of the year um, in political journalism last year. I did get to go to Washington with Micheál Martin, who was the Taoiseach, of course. But unfortunately, we never made it into the White House because if your listeners will recall, he tested for COVID and That's that right. threw the whole trip into a little bit of a disarray. So, um, yes, I mean, it is, I suppose, arguably the best trip really um, among ministers and journalists alike which I suppose is a bit funny in that way I did that good for you I think it was 2016 I did it uh, with the then Senator Billy Lawless indeed and it certainly was a a fine trip and the White House was a a fine trip and the dinners the night beforehand and afterwards as well I mean there's a lot goes on Gabby over there Yes. So in fairness, you know, it is, you know, especially in Washington, I mean, every trip that I really go on to um, with the Taoiseach, I realise how well connected Ireland is all over the world. And I think, I mean, even if you look at some of these countries that you know, ministers are are, are travelling to, I mean, we're going anywhere from, you know, US, we're going to China, Singapore, Chicago, all over Europe, Australia, um, you know, even India, Delhi, uh, you know, Canada as well. Like we're really traveling all over the place. And I think it just shows how well connected Ireland is and how well represented we are um, really all over the globe. And of course, the the trip to Washington, I mean, it is, it is incredible. I think you're speaking of the Ireland Funds Dinner. Yeah. That's usually held um the night before the White House trip. And that is basically just a big fundraiser that Taoiseach always makes um, an appearance there. And, you know, that's sort of a, I suppose he's he's the he's the guest of honour at that dinner. And, and that's always a grand event. Um, so it really is quite a trip. And I suppose our hearts did go out a little bit to Micheál Martin. It was his only sort of um, opportunity to get into the White House and unfortunately tested positive for COVID. Mm. And he didn't, he didn't get there in the end. Yeah, he was at the Ireland's Fund dinner, so he was, and uh, 
and you had to leave from there. But um, tough on you now that you didn't get in there. And then up to the ambassador's residence, indeed, in uh, Washington as well. But looking at where they're going then, Gabby, today, um, the Green Party uh, Minister, Eamon Ryan, um, for, the, for the environment, he's going to Singapore and China. It's kind of funny for a Green, yes. a Green Party TD to go that far. Yes, well, they are going to, you know, many different places. And I suppose it is funny that the, that the Greens are making a good a couple of trips abroad. So just to give a very sort of very small oversight to Taoiseach, of course, Leo Varadkar, he'll be traveling to the US, um, to Washington. Michal Martin also will be going to America, but he'll be going to New York and Boston instead. You're right. Eamon Ryan is jetting off to Singapore and China. I don't think he'll be cycling his way over there. I say it in jest, <laughs> of course. Um, Minister for Finance, Michael McGrath, he's going to also be going to the US. He's going to be uh, visiting Chicago and Toronto in Canada. Uh, his counterpart, Minister for Public Expenditure, Pascal Donahue, he's going to be going to Germany, so not going very far. Green Party Minister Catherine Martin, she's going to Los Angeles and San Diego. Also um, in America, of course, um, down your end, Hildegard Nocton, who's of course the Chief Whip, she'll also be going to America. She'll be visiting Miami and Mexico. Quite exotic trip there. Minister of State Anne Rabbit, she's going to be going to all the way to South Africa um, to visit Johannesburg, Pretoria in Cape Town. So really quite a varied mix of trips there. Um, we're going to be seeing the Attorney General. There was a little bit of it was raising the doll you know how commits the case that the attorney general was pointed out by social democrat uh, td catherine murphy that you know the, so the attorney general usually kind of goes where the t-shirt goes and he's making his own trip uh, by himself this year to go into argentina and chile now i will say on the trip that i was on last year to washington the attorney general traveled with the t-shirt that time and government sources were keen to say that you know previously he does. He it's it's not unusual for him to go off on his own, and mm. um, but he also does travel with the Taoiseach sometimes. But that would be more sort of unusual, if you will. And what's unique about um, some of the trips, certainly when they're going to the states from there, Gabby, is that um, a lot of the cities, including Chicago, they have their um, parade indeed on the eleventh of March, the Saturday beforehand. They do so also in New York as well, uh, and elsewhere. So some of them will have to go early, and some of them uh, will will actually go for the day then itself. Yes, so I suppose obviously the festivities are they're, they're scattered around. Every, every city does things differently, but I think it just shows. Like I think all of the ministers, I think bar maybe one or two, um, are travelling somewhere nice and exotic, and it just shows how well represented we are and how much you know respected Ireland is all across the world. I mean, even. Minister of State James Brown, he's going to Cyprus and Jordan. You know, even if they're celebrating St. Patrick's Day in Jordan, I think that's really quite, mm. um, really quite significant. It's a huge calling card, so it is. And when you look at the likes, you said the Taoiseach there, and Mion Martin, Eamon Ryan, Michael McGrath, you've gone through all of those. Catherine Martin going as far as Los Angeles and San Diego. All of those areas, though, are very important. Belgium and the Netherlands and Brazil and Italy and the Holy See there. Uh, Peter Burke is going there. And Rabbit, as you said, is going down to South Africa. Uh, but again, th- there's there's so much travel involved. Uh, but it's a great opportunity. I don't know of any other country in the world, Gabby, maybe you do, that has a, a national day like this that so many doors are opened. No, I, I mean, I certainly am not aware. I'm Lithuanian myself personally. I know that we don't have such a strong standing internationally. Look, I think it's a credit to Ireland. I mean, these trips abroad, ministers are always very keen because, of course, there is conversations around, well, what is the cost of all this and so on. Ministers are always very keen to highlight that, you know, all of these countries that they're going to, 
you know, it's not just, I suppose, a junket. They are trying to lobby a little bit for Ireland. You know, they're representing us abroad. They're trying to work on trade deals and so on, work on those really important connections. I mean, even if you go to New York, it's a very simple example. The Irish Embassy there or the House of Ireland is on Park Avenue. I mean, that is arguably the most expensive, most exclusive street in New York. And we have a whole floor um, in in one of those high-rise buildings. And it's, you know, I remember when I was there in September with um, Micheál Martin, who was there for the uh, UN Security Council. I mean, the place is packed out to see the Taoiseach speak full of not just those Irish-Americans, no. but also other people who are very much so involved in Ireland, have a lot of respect for Ireland, whether they do perhaps maybe help us with trade deals or represent us abroad in different ways and I think it just I think it pushes that you know they're carrying the green flag um, and very much representing us abroad but you know in fairness it does show results in that it does it does it, it shows that the strong standing that Ireland has you know all across the world so this year Gabby get to Vascata it'll be Galway perhaps in Karen Morphia rather than Washington <laughs> Probably more could, than likely, yes. Or could, maybe the parade, and I don't know. For Scotland, haven't been to that in a couple of years, so we, <laughs> I might even head that way. We'll 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 put a good word in in the establishment in Carnmore and uh, Kennedy's in Galway for you, and uh, Gabby. Thanks for joining us uh, today. And you know what? Let's not be let's be positive today because what they're doing politically when they're abroad. Um, it isn't a junket as Gabby said because it's full on you're going from dinners to meetings to breakfasts in the vice president's house it's it's just constant um, and it's not it's it's very very it's a great honour uh, but it ain't a junket quick commercial break 21 minutes past nine Galway Talks in association with Tesco find our award winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie now, very good morning to you. We are with you right through until 12 midday. Don't forget, by the way, today, 86 is the uh, number if you want to get in contact with us. 86 with the wonderful people from Rationale Windows. Thank you indeed uh, to them. Now, then, let me move on today because when we speak to Jerry Murphy every second Wednesday, we're talking about uh, electric cars and diesel cars and petrol cars and all other cars. And Jerry keeps saying to me, oh, come um, 2030, uh, we'll have no petrol cars on the road. We'll have no diesel cars. We're going to get them all off the road and we're all going to be going um, electric. And I keep saying to him, I can't afford an electric car. And can anybody else? Anyway, the European Parliament has voted to end the sale of any new petrol or diesel engine cars by 2035 in a landmark European Green Deal, uh, as well as committing to reducing overall car emissions by more than 55% in the next seven years. MEP Maria Walsh joins us on the line on this one. Maria, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you doing? I am doing just fine today, thank you. Um, this deal, is it really possible? 2035? It is. It seems it's it seems impossible when you think in 12 years time, uh, any new cars that you see on the market um, uh, should not and, and rightly so cannot um, emit any uh, CO2. Um, but I think what got lost in the last few days is and, and my uh, similar to, to you, Keith, my my father called me very quickly uh, to make sure uh, what he does with his current vehicle and who, 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 what happens next. 
Um, and just to stress, uh, it is still possible to uh, to buy and sell secondhand petrol and diesel cars after 2035. Um, that that is uh, it was a part of the text, um, and it's still absolutely possible, of course, to drive your current car. And and, and we really encourage. I mean, r- reports and statistics always share. We really encourage to drive a car to the end of its lifespan. But what this uh, vote did this week is set us on the course of the practicalities of how we're going to be carbon neutral um, by 2050 and reach our climate expectations and obligations. And um, by having this um, text in place and overwhelmingly voted, now it still has to go to council um, to get the final pass and the final green light, dare I say. Um, but it makes, um, it makes us all think differently uh, when we're looking at cars. But also to your to your own share about the cost of them, mm. it also makes it more competitive um, uh, for manufacturers to to start. We have the technology, and it makes it more competitive uh, for manufacturers to start to creating more. Um, are, are we and, saying, and I think, and sorry. I believe that will bring down the reduction and ultimately uh, make us all think as as we move towards buying a new car or. Um, or, or thinking about our own transport, um, which, which I think is a great uh, and a fantastic help. Are you saying to me, though, MEP Maria Walsh, in, in the nicest possible terms, that the whole of Europe have now agreed that by 2035 there will be no um, petrol or diesel cars sold from that date on? That, that, that is essentially what we voted on this week. That's, can that's you, the big and bold ambition that we need. Um, can I, your question is, can I, can I see it happening? Absolutely um, not. Uh, well, I, I, I would, I would, I would hope. I, I really hope that we do because we simply don't have time. Um, when you look at uh, earthquakes, droughts, uh, famines, when you look at the cost that's hitting people in their wallets now, uh, and the fact that we're so energy dependent from other countries, and uh, I hate, I hate to talk about war so early in the morning, but uh, the Russian invasion uh, in Ukraine. I think has made us all look at how our dependency looks on fossil fuels. It does, and ultimately, it, it, when I entered into Parliament in 2019, we had a we had a very strong ambition as a whole Parliament, right across political lines, um, to 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 step up and be ambitious. And and in, and and I think in 2035, the fact that we have technology, the fact that it's continuously updating, the fact that we have some electric cars already on the road. Um, there's, there's, there shouldn't be a reason why uh, we we are not looking towards uh, hitting this target. But can I really and truly put it to you? I mean, who in the name of all that's good and holy that goes to their local credit union now and borrows, say, thirteen thousand or fifteen thousand to buy a car? Uh, so you're saying to me in 2035 they'll go to their credit union and they'll be talking about 40 to 50,000 minimum. Say if we go at 70 and we take a we, we take a 25 percent dip, we're, we're down around 40 to 50. Well, that's well, well that's no, no, the current second. rate now. Yeah, yeah, it and, is the current yeah. rate, but let's hang on there one second now. Though well, we're then talking about inflation between now and 2035, so we are as well. So we're done with inflation. We're talking about a reduction. You're saying because of the commodities that'll be more being made, so they'll be more cost effective. But yeah, who can afford then to pay back? A, credit union loan or a bank loan or otherwise of 45, 30 to 45 to 50,000 euro. Not a lot no, of people. I, 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 fully, I fully see your point. Um, but that's why um, having set this target uh, a decade in advance uh, allows us, to, I mean, we already have the 2050 ambition uh, and and uh, and that is in legislation that we, we are 
zero emissions by 2050. Um, having a target in 12 years by 2035 that no new cars are on the market um, that are emitting CO2. Absolutely, I hear your point on cost. Uh, that is why by having this in now, by working with member states, by making sure, and I hear you, making sure uh, that there's supports in place for, for people like you and I uh, and those listening to, to be able to step into um, uh, uh, new cars with this new type of technology, but also making sure manufacturers uh, are utilising the innovation and science that we have um, and offering more. And if there's more on the market, the reduction of, of price obviously comes down. Okay. Um, okay. But but rest assured, a, a part of a part of everything from a Senegal standpoint, uh, we are really pushing at a European level um, that we have those supports in place. That it's not just a person sitting uh, on their kitchen table trying to decide. Well, you know, is, is this is the right thing to do? But it's going to put me uh, in in a very tight financial squeeze. Yeah, there can also has to be better public just... transportation. Uh, we have European cities that are exceptional at it. There's no reason why ourselves in the West of Ireland can't be either. Um, so that we have other means of of of, of transport too, and and that's essentially where we collectively need to go, not just from a country or a European, but worldwide. I believe. All right, just some of the comments coming in. Keith says that April Fool's Day today. Please check the calendar. MEP Walsh <laughs> is talking in aspirational terms. Does she agree with children going down the mines to get zinc? Cobalt for electric cars, please. It's easy to put on paper, but it's another story to implement it. Uh, dream on, MEP. Uh, so, yeah, the zinc that's in it. And another caller said, Keith, I can tell you, and um, not a snowball's chance will this happen by 2035. Europe is in cloud cuckoo land. And they're just coming in. They're ju- they're not they're not buying it, Maria. This morning they're not buying it. No, at no. All. Hey, not listen, and, and, and I know it's a, and I and I, I greatly appreciate it. It's a, it's a hard sell. I, I I understand that. I have these conversations with my own direct family uh, and friends, and I appreciate. But I actually appreciate people coming in and uh, and and contacting you to make their uh, their their thoughts heard. We have to be ambitious. We have to be. Otherwise. Uh, where are we going to be in 2050 uh, and have generations look at us and wonder Absolutely. why there's more famine and drought uh, and and a food shortage? We, we need to be ambitious right across the plane and not just look at one sector or two sectors, uh, but all sectors. And I fully agree with you. And I mean, we, we led the campaign when it came to no smoking indoors and all of that type of stuff. And we did it extremely well as a country. But banning cars come 2035... Uh, I think we're. Go- I know you've invited us to Europe. I think we're going to have to go out and rattle the cans out there a little bit. <laughs> yes. Well, there's no better no, man. There's oh, no better uh, man to make a sea sense than yourself, Mr. Finnegan. <laughs> I, I'll bring Mr. Morley with you, and we'll bring our jerry cans with us so we will have, have petrol, <laughs> and we'll rattle them around the European Union. <laughs> Listen, thank you for joining us today on the uh, programme. Uh, but your thoughts and comments on that, please, uh, straight away. Okay, I'm going to take a breath, Sawyer, because I'm exhausted with. A bit of lunacy. But anyway, I'll be proven wrong and I'll be thrilled and happy and excited. Well, they're awful cross about other things here today. Good morning, Keith. Just wondering how Eamon Ryan is getting to Singapore. Surely after spouting crap to us all about using turf and not driving so much, he'd never sit on a fuel-guzzling airplane for hours, would he? No wonder they're trying to soften us up in this country, pretending to worry about the cost of living, giving you a few clump, giving us a few crumbs from the table. We'll be grateful. Will we? We'll keep quiet about this and their travels, just because we get the crumbs. I'd gladly go and represent real Irish people if my flight was free too. And another caller said to us, uh, good morning, Keith. This had made me 
This has made me so angry this morning. I'm bursting and boiling. Thank you for highlighting Minister Ryan's trip to Singapore. How dare he block our bypass in Galway, highlighting the damage to the environment that he jets off to all the way to Singapore. And we're paying for all these politicians travelling to all parts of the world. We are fools, this caller said. And uh, Keith, this uh, caller said, um, so my eldest is 13 years of age, Keith. So by 2035, he'll be 25. Great. So he would need tens of thousands to buy a car aged 25. Is this the country that we have right now? Seems to be, you know. Really seems to be. And uh, other calls coming in there too. Oh, you're all excited today. So you are definitely... I. We got out of the wrong side of the bed today because the texts are just flying in. Keith, what planet are all of these people uh, on today? Would they just... I'm, would they just think, I'm trying to survive day to day and hour to hour at this stage. And they're talking about cancelling petrol and diesel cars. And uh, another one says, Jesus, Keith, how can she blame emissions for an earthquake? And another one says, good morning, Keith. It's a total disgrace. An absolute total disgrace. All, with all the TDs all around the world, how dare they do this type of thing on our taxpayers' money? Why don't each of the people from the third countries uh, come here and learn about our country? It's just a holiday for them. While my husband is a pensioner and worked all his life paying PRSI and gets nothing um, a person could live on. Thank you. And another one here says, Keith, it's an absolute total disgrace. What's going on here uh, with the TDs all around the world? And disgusted. I have to say, in defence of them, why is that microphone on? I have to say in defence of them that it's a massive marketing tool for Ireland. But it's kind of tongue-in-cheek when you're the Green Minister and you're going the furthest. And another colleague going even further is uh, colleague Roderick O'Gorman. And um, another caller said, Keith, um, do, 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 yeah. Yeah, and somebody else just answers about something else there altogether. Now, uh, on the comment lines on the phone on the phone side here today, oh, good Lord, uh, can I, as a councillor, uh, come and do something uh, with the sheep on the head for Droll Keith? And somebody else said, John has a lovely voice for radio, he has. And uh, Keith, this uh, caller, said, um, what about Valentine's Day and all the deliveries that were made? Did you say thank you to the delivery people who delivered all the flowers? And um, put hearts together again. Oh, wonderful. And uh, another one says here, you'll be grand and chirpy. I think that's a guest that's coming on. We'll see if they're chirpy. In the meantime, though, what you can do is text us to 0863833553 uh, with thanks to Rationale Windows. Yet to come on the programme, we have a story with a mom and a son. Son is, is confined to a wheelchair. Uh, they've been allocated a house by Galway City Council. The extension was to be started last July. The extension is still not started. That and more to come. And they're not happy. Shortly. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. Paul Conroy joins me. He's based in Woodford in County Galway. And he's running six businesses out of his farm in Woodford and he joins me on the line this morning. Paul, it's an amazing story, so it is. Um, when did all this start, can I ask you? Uh, good morning, Keith. Um, uh, very good to be on the show today. Um, yeah, so it all began 
um, we'll say back in 2000 and I suppose early 2000, 2003, where um, we've uh, quite a, a, um, an active farm here. Uh, back in the day, we were uh, trading in cattle, dealing in cattle. My grandfather, my father thereafter, my father's here with us today, still at it, still going strong. And um, things at the time were quieter. Mm. So I educated myself in, in, uh, in ag college, and um, we just felt after... Uh, finishing ag college or in around that time that it was better to go out and get some work that there wasn't enough for me here so my dad and mam and with a bit of help here at the time um, were very very heavily involved so I went from there and then I just started into the working world um, at that time then I started in Al Hayes Motors car, local car dealership I was there for two years and that was a huge experience I have to say great we'll say from the point of view of dealing with people and, yeah. and understanding business and um, went on from there then, and I started uh, with a company, uh, Spurn Galvanizers. Uh, their parent company is Galco in Dublin. And uh, I started there in transport and logistics, co- customer relations, which is a huge experience again, I have to say. And uh, I suppose then, uh, as time went on, then I became an area sales representative with them um, for Spurn and both Galco. And uh, just, I suppose, uh, I always had a flair for nutrition uh, and animal health and livestock in general and in 2010 in around that time um, myself and a friend Paddy Fitzgerald we um, developed um, uh, nutritional livestock nutritional products for, for, for livestock both cattle and sheep and in the background as a, probably an interest and a hobby and then of course I started selling them to a few people and I got on quite well and uh, we developed that on then from there and I suppose, Keith, it all became a bit too much to, to handle. We, uh, we, I felt something had to change as time went on mm. because it started to get busier. Um, the, the, the Man and Beast is the name of the, the wholesale company and then Conroy Agri Supplies, I suppose, developed then at that time as well. So I just had to make a decision to, to, to go solo. And a big decision to make as well, uh, to go solo like that. But when you look at what you now have, you, I mean, you have six companies, including tour companies, bakery, and, and others as well, coming out of, you know, coming out of Woodford. Uh, you don't like to stand still, obvi- um, very obviously. No, to be fair, uh, I move at a fairly fast pace. Uh, always liked to be busy, always liked to be doing something, always probably thinking. Um, anything I ever did, I always give it 100%. Um, yeah, and sure, look, I suppose I, I had a big decision to make. You're right there. Um, it just came to a stage where I was getting up real early in the morning, helping out here on the farm, a uh, bit of a focus on what I had set up for myself, uh, personally, we'll say, the animal health, and then do my day job as the best way that I could. Um, and always give everything 100%. And then, of course, uh, my good wife, Lorraine, um, we were married. We had one boy, Aina, and it came to the stage, as it so happened, when our second little guy, Irla, was born. Uh, that day, I handed him my notice. That day, I finished. I just made a decision. I said, something has to give. So um, I suppose I was very fortunate, Keith. My my mother was heavily involved here in the business um, on the farm. I suppose she was very heavily involved on the farm with my dad, um, Paul, uh, with the livestock. And she was just a great lady. She just really and truly, absolutely, um, she gave it 100% as well. We had a great relationship. So I have to say, uh, she gave me the encouragement uh, to, to, to do it. She, says, she said, we'll give it a go. 
a big move and you did it. Now, take us through the six companies, including um, the, the, the feed company. And Yeah, okay. So, um, I suppose uh, um, Conroy Agri Supplies, uh, we have an agri retail business here, quite rural out here in Mutford. You're well familiar with it, Keith. Uh, and uh, we just decided we set up a shop and I'm very, very fortunate, we'll say, customers locally just supported us and then thereafter we started to spread our wings a bit and I decided that we would get to the customer rather than the customer having to travel to us. So we set up a, um, a delivery service to farmers and... and at that time then I suppose when that happened uh, I was fortunate again that there was regional representatives with a company that, that, that finished up and they were regional to me and they started and that has been a great success as well. Uh, so I have this four representatives on the road, they sell in the different regions and we deliver on the product thereafter. That's Conroy Agri Supplies and Man and Beast then is the nutritional wholesale company where products that we formulated, that we get uh, contract manufactured, uh, they're stored here, they're based here in in Coos, and um, we distribute them all over Ireland, thankfully. Uh, we have a representative of the road who who, uh, who deals with that and does a great job, and fortunately now as well with that, um, we have... Um, um, went into the UK, Northern England, Scotland, and we do a bit in the Shetland Islands now as well. And um, we're that's 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 we're quite pleased as to how that's going. So I suppose the founding one here then was my dad and gra- my grandfather will say Conroy Livestock. We we um, trade in cattle, um, have built relationships with customers for years. Again, uh, that's here and thankfully quite active as well. And my dad Paul is is very active in that. Um, and then on from there, I suppose we felt that there was a couple of maybe uh, opportunities for us. Um, I, I I have quite a love for for sheep and pedigree sheep. So um, as warbles was the breed that that we we quite like. And in the last last number of years, we've developed that into a sizable flock, and uh, we produce them and we show them, and we also sell them as well um, to to people uh, throughout the country. And then on from there. Uh, uh, the bakery, my sister Fiona, her partner David, uh, they set up um, the bakery on site. And that bakery, they, they produce goods on a daily basis there, which goes into cafes um, in the area, and um, which are wholesaled. And she also sells here on the farm. And we're fortunate again with local customers coming. They come to the shop and also, thankfully, use the bakery. And finally then, uh, Lorraine, um, my wife Lorraine, she is a... Um, ag science teacher and she took a career break and we felt there was an opportunity because we have um, probably a lot of activity on the farm that she felt there was an opportunity there to educate uh, fifth year and sixth year uh, um, ag science students, LCVP students and we also have a bit of interest from, uh, we get third level uh, groups and we also have a bit of interest now outside of Ireland uh, to come this coming season so we're looking forward to that. You know what? I'm worn out listening to you in the nicest possible way, so I am because there's so much going on within it, and um, and it just shows like that. Going back to your grandfather's time to what you're doing, I mean, you you're going to leave a very strong legacy for your own children. Well, I hope so. Yeah, Keith, uh, we're very fortunate. We've three lovely boys, um, Ian, Earl, and Reen. Um, uh, just absolutely, you know, we're blessed with them. Uh, great, great little guys, and just showing a nice little bit of interest in everything we do as a collective. And I do try and spend a bit of time with time with them. We'll say, and I know the importance of that because I touched on it earlier on there. Just my mum 
Uh, she passed away, unfortunately, um, and uh, she was just, she was a huge uh, part of all of this and great encouragement for us, and there was no boundaries with her, and she always wanted to make sure that uh, things went well for everybody, and um, she just, she, she, I have to say, she was a great lady, but yeah, and Keith, I suppose on that then, um, from a fa- from a family point of view, I just you know like the idea of 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 doing our best for each other, and we're all here together, and it's 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 really nice, I suppose, that we're all here as a family, and that we're very that's very beneficial. And mm. again, uh, one of the things I suppose that I'd like to to, to highlight is uh, from the start, um, I would have learned the importance of building relationships with people, um, and developing them as best we can, and uh, like customers. We don't. We can't do this without customers, without people to people. So we try our best, and we try and uh, do our best for everyone. We might not get it right all the time, but I think it's hugely important. And like we're very grateful for the support that we get uh, locally and and outside of the area. All right, Paul. Well, I'm sure Mum's looking down at you um, since 2015, um, but I'm sure she's looking down on you all together, uh, making sure that you're getting on together. I'm sure there has to be the odd row, sure, Paul, but that's in any family, so it is. Uh, but it's good uh, good to speak to you Thank today. You. Thank you, Lee Paul, uh, for joining us uh, today. Now, what I want to do is I want to go to Kevin Brannigan, who joins me on the line, because, um, again, a very busy weekend for those, but if you want to get further details, jobexpo.ie for further details. But Jobs Expo is coming to the Galmont Hotel uh, this coming weekend. Kevin, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Isn't it great that COVID is gone and you can have these uh, events in person and get people in and admission is free again? It's such a difference than the way things would have been if you go back, say, 12 months or 18 months. Um, you know, there's a very kind of start-stop situation where we were able to have some events here and there, physical, but the majority of events were virtual. And that is, you know, a successful means to have an event, particularly with specialist sectors. But for, you know, for broad uh, um, you know, jobs, events, um, physical is all the way. And I think it's the perfect way for people to meet recruiters face to face and for recruiters to meet candidates. So, you know, it's the perfect day for people who are looking for jobs. And it's all the better that it's uh, physical for such a broad cross section of professional candidates and employers. Now, you, you have 25 of the leading employers in the west of Ireland, if not Ireland, uh, in the Galmont on the day in question. Yeah, so we've a selection of employers, some of the best and largest employers in the west of Ireland across a number of sectors, medical, civil service, healthcare, teaching, tech, customer service, insurance and financial. You know, we've we've picked a variety of different employers. So for, for people who are looking for any opportunities, um, whether they're in those specific sectors and they have a very clear idea of what they want, or even if they're not sure and they want to go along and see what these, um, um, you know, particular employers are, 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 are you know, are, are trying to recruit for, um, we have them all there. There's also, you know, options for people who want to further skill. We've the Atlantic University. We've, uh, you know, so we've, we've we've a variety of different people. So if they want to go along to either find out about jobs or about, uh, um, you know, the types of courses that are available to upskill, we have it all there in the Goldman. And it's our first time back in the Goldman, would you believe, Keith, since February 2020. Wow. So we're looking forward to getting back. It's a fantastic conference venue right in the city centre as well. Feb 2020, you got in, in just in the nick of time there, so you did just the nick of time. When you look, though, just Kevin, time, yeah. uh, when you look at uh, jobsexpo.ie, the likes of the National Ambulance Service attending, that's a big one. The court services, the Brothers of Charity, yeah, and you've named others as well. I mean, you're talking about 
serious contenders here and they're looking but also you're not just coming with the employers you're having seminars and tips and techniques for interview success and LinkedIn and confidence and all of that so there's it's more than just looking for jobs now as well well it is and I suppose you know some of the employers you know as you mentioned you know the HSE will be there, National Ambulance Service, we've, you know, medical companies like Frodenberg Medical, Newa Healthcare, all of these are major companies looking for hundreds of people. But um, in addition to that, yeah, so we have the full day of talks taking place. And, you know, I suppose there are certain topics that are ever popular, you know, uh, how to perform an interview skills, how to write your CV. But I suppose we have a particular slant on it this year and that we've tried to make the talks quite motivational and it's kind of aimed at people who might not have the confidence or people who might be looking for a new position for the first time in many, many years, you know, and, and it's about them having the confidence to make that decision, uh, to find out what their options are, but also, you know, how to apply for a job, you know, how to, um, you know, develop career confidence, how to prepare for interview. There's a particular uh, seminar that we've brought back, which is one of the ones that I love, Keith, and that is um, what to do if you're in a job you hate, but you can't afford to quit. <laughs> and that's one that really resonates with a lot of people because, you know, they're in a position, uh, um, they might not like it, they might feel maybe they made a decision in their 20s to do something and they're now in their 30s, 40s and 50s and want to do something different. But they have a mortgage, they have a family, and they're petrified that, fear, um, yeah. you know, if they make it, yeah, that if they make that change, it's not going to work out and they're going to be on the scrap heap. So, so that particular talk is, you know, how to put yourself in the right frame of mind um, you know, uh, things don't always have to be, you know, a decision that has to be made there. And then, you know, there'll be quite often steps that you can take that can make you evaluate, which can help you evaluate whether a decision is the best thing to do. And the majority of these talks we have here will help people who might want to do something else, might not be sure what that is, but have a feeling it's time for a change. Mm. And, you know, that's what the employment market is all about these days. It's about people making changes, it's about opportunities, and the employers recognise that and um, are, you know, much more willing to speak to people, particularly in the 40s and 50s and 60s than they might have been 10 or 15 years ago. So Saturday morning, you're going to be there from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. It is important. It's free admission, but you have to control admission as well. Uh, so they have to go to www.jobexpo.ie, Kevin. Yeah, so it's uh, um, uh jobsexpo.ie um it is free admission and we ask people to register in advance it'll only take 60 seconds to register and it just helps us manage the crowds you know we do expect it to be busy it's always busy um but if people uh, when they're registered they can decide what time they're going to come at they can pick a rough slot and we, we just have to okay. register in advance it's, it's completely free of charge they can speak to the employers they can attend the talks and we also have um you know a full team of qualified career coaches that can give people free advice on the day as well about their careers the most important thing what should they bring with them we suggest um bring your cv uh with you uh we, we kind of also suggest um, if they visit the website, they can see who the employers are. They can see kind of, you know, what the general gist of, of, of the event, because each event is different and would have different different employers in it. And just to maybe have an idea of who you might like to speak to. And, um, you know, I suppose if you're going to attend, maybe try to be, you okay. know, as focused as, as you can and try and get the best out of the day because, you know, it, 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 you know, it will be busy. And so, as, you know, what we would say that, you know, a physical jobs expo is the only way you're ever going to get to have, 
you know, that advanced conversation with an employer because all the decision makers, the people who are actually going to make decision, decisions on who they're going to hire will be at this event. So this is your chance to go up to a, a stand. And really, it's almost like you're interviewing the employers mm -hmm. as, a, as opposed to the other way around. And it's it's such a rare uh, thing thing to get. So I suppose Good. all all the information is on the website. We just ask, uh, we, we just suggest if you want to get the most out of the day, have a look and see who's there and have a bit of a plan in your head about what you're okay. going to do. And I suppose even if you don't, you can still come along and just stroll around and see who's, see who's there and have the have the conversations. All right, uh, Kevin Brannigan, thank you for joining us uh, today from Jobs Expo, J-O-B-S-E-X-P-O.ie and uh, get further details from there. We mentioned an incident, by the way, in Boher Irwin between 3.15 and 3.45 on Monday last week, which a car uh, was hit by a car and it's a hit and run. Uh, apparently the car in question that did hit and run is uh, some kind of a Toyota Camry, which is sky blue. Uh, if you have any details on that, will you contact um, Galway Gardaí on 538000. That's 538000. Uh, a sky blue Camry, apparently, is the car that did the damage on the day. Just, just saying. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie.